Thanks for checking out the Lakeshore Podcast. If this is your first time listening with us, we want you to know God loves you. We want for your hope in Jesus to be renewed and for your faith to come to life. Wherever you are joining us from, we hope this message encourages you. And the uh, checkered flag is almost up, and we're getting close to finishing off our series of building a strong Christian life. We've covered eight out of the 10 disciplines or ingredients that we've talked about in order for us to have stable, strong lives that live for the Lord, right? I, I hope all of us in some way, shape, or form want to be a mature believer, right? We want to grow in our relationship with Jesus. We don't want to be just stuck, right, in neutral and just like going nowhere. You know, like, hey, man, yeah, I just, uh, ever since I got saved 20 years ago, Pastor Scott, but I ain't moving forward. No, see, that's not what God wants. He wants you to, you know, get in first gear, then get in second gear, third gear, and hopefully your car's got six gears, right? And man, you're cruising down the road as a mature Christian. But see, what happens is a lot of times we just kind of stall out. We get stuck in neutral. But see, God wants us to, to keep moving forward. So we're going to look at the ninth ingredient or, or discipline that we need. Um, you know, we've covered uh, a passion for souls, a passion for God's word, a passion for the Holy Spirit, a passion for worship, a passion for prayer, a passion for giving, a passion for um, holiness. And last week was a passion for humility. And so today we want to um, talk about this thing, this ingredient that really, to me, kind of flows in the same stream as humility. Okay, we talked about humility last week right? But this kind of float, floats kind of in that same stream, kind of goes down the thing because, and, and one of the things about it too, is that it's not a celebrated or kind of one of those um, well-received subjects today. Even one of those things when you're putting it together and we've talked about it as a teaching team where you're like kind of looking, going, man, this could be a really tough subject to teach. But today we're going to talk about a passion for authority, a passion for authority. So let me pray. Holy Spirit, teach us to have a passion for authority. Amen. Okay. Now, whether you know this or not, right, but I think you do, every single one of us, whether we're young or we're old, are under some kind of authority. Would you agree to that? Yeah, absolutely. But see, here's the thing. The quicker we realize that we are under authority and that it's inescapable, you can't escape from being under authority, okay? Then the, that part of our life, when we make that decision, then that's going to help us get to a level of success in our walk with the Lord, a level of success in our life that is something we all need to get to because we, we recognize this. When, when we, we see people, right, when we, we have seen in some ways of life when people who rebel against authority, and there's people like that, right, or who struggle with authority, that you know what, a lot of times things don't necessarily really work out for them, right? We see bad circumstances happen. We see difficulties happen when people rebel against authority. I mean, you, you could just look at it in a, in a very practical sense. You know what? The police are in authority. And when we don't obey the police, bad things can happen, right? They can lock you up. 
But, but understand that that's just a, a thing that we need to realize that every single one of us is under authority, has somebody or has um, something in our life that we have to learn how to, here's the word, submit to. Sometimes that's tough, right? Sometimes that's the ouch, because we kind of like our freedom, we kind of like the idea that, hey, man, I'm all my own person. I can do what I need to do. No one can really tell me what to do. But see, there, there is authority. And we'll get into this. But see, we have to understand that, you know what? God designed authority. God planned authority. And he established it for a reason. And that's something we're going to look at today. But see, here's the deal. Part of it is, is the fact that, you know what? Blessings come from being submitted to authority. Blessings come from you being submitted to authority. And, you know, you can look in the Bible, but man, God is the one who created authority. God created it. This is what Revelations 4 says, because it'll tell us one, one key factor here. Revelation chapter 4, and you don't have to turn that. It'll be up on the screen. It says this in Revelation chapter 4. Okay, so we got the, here we have the host of heavens. And they're worshiping him saying, You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things. And by your will, they exist and were created. God created authority. Right? We, we learned about the fact that, you know what? What happened to, to uh, Lucifer when he rebelled against God? Right? Cast out of heaven. Wasn't a good thing for him. See, he rebelled against the authority that was over him. And that's something that we have to, to, to figure out in our life. Where do we stand with authority? Where, where is it in our life? And so let's read chapter, uh, Romans chapter 13, uh, verses 1 and 2. And kind of discover what, what is authority. It says, let every soul be subject to the go governing authorities. Now, I'm going to stop right there for a minute. Let every soul be subject. Replace subject with submit. Submission, right? Or submit. So let every soul be submitted to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except from who? God. And the authorities that exist are appointed by God. Therefore, whoever resists authority resists the ordinances of who? God. Whoever resists what? Authority. Authorities that, are, that exist are appointed by God. Whoever resists authority resists the ordinances of God. And those who resist will bring judgment on themselves. Now that's laying it out there. That's, that's kind of a heavy thing, right? So the word authority describes delegated power and assigned authority or influence. Now, let me give you a little bit of a context here of why this is um, kind of why, why Paul wrote this. But he was writing to the Roman believers because the Roman believers were facing um, uh, um, uh, the Roman government that was treating them wrongly. 
that was treating them bad. They were unjust. They were wicked. They were just doing all kinds of crazy stuff. And so Paul, instead of um, encouraging an uprising, right, or encouraging in, in some way, hey, go ahead, just ignore them. They don't, you know, because you're a Christian, you don't need to ignore them. Paul's trying to, to intervene, and he says, you know what? Those that have been entrusted with governmental, societal, family, or spiritual authority have been established by God himself. You might think, well, yeah, wait a minute, though. There, there's some bad people. Yeah, and we'll get to that in just a minute. But God, right, established authority. And Paul goes on to say, then basically what he's saying in this, this portion is, and their positions of authority are to be respected. Even, listen, even if that authority is treating you wrongly. Now that's hard, right? When you think, man, you know what? They're, ah. But see, Paul's, Paul's talking about attitudes of the heart. Okay? Submitting to authority is about an attitude of the heart. And if that's something we struggle with, then that's something we need to take a look at. We need to be able to say, well, wait a minute, wait a minute, okay. Man, I got a lot of work to do. And in some ways, I'm right there with you. I feel like, man, you know, doing this message and looking at it, I'm thinking, man, there are some things, man, I, I think, man, I just, I can do better than that. I don't need that authority in my life, but I do. That's my problem. And so I've got, I've got to work through some of those issues, some of those things that are going on in my life as well. So in today's vernacular, I, kind of that whole word submit. Now, this is, this is really interesting to me. That word submit in the Greek is hupotasso. Okay, it's a compound word. So the first part of it is hupo, right? Say hupo. I knew you could, man. That was awesome. Okay. Hupo means under. Okay. So under something, right? And then tasso means to rank or arrange. So it's a Greek military term meaning to arrange or station troop divisions in a military fashion under the command of a leader. Okay. Now, it basically, if you're going to look at it from a non-military term, right? It's a volunteer. It's a voluntary attitude of giving in, cooperating under a leader. It's voluntarily doing it. Yeah, you might treat me kind of bad. You know, I thought, I thought about this too, because we're, we're, you know, having volunteer appreciation. I thought, wow, you know, in a, in a sense, you guys are kind of living this out because you're volunteering, right? Someone tells you, hey, I need you to do this. And you say, yes, I'm in. Okay, what, am I doing it? Am I doing right? Am I doing this? See, that, that, so you got half that goal going on. But see, when it comes to those who are even um, in authority over us in, in, in our jobs or in the government or in whatever that is, it doesn't say they're all perfect people, but it does say that we are, as believers, to live a different life and for us to submit to our authority. And so, you know, people just kind of struggle with this idea. They, 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 they don't get it. Um, I, I remember, you know, um, there's times in my life where I had to submit to the authority over me. And, and if, if I had told someone in the secular realm, like just no one that didn't go to church, they would go like, what in the day? Are you serious? You had to do that? I would never have done that. I would have said, forget you, bro. And walked away. 
But see, that's that, that understanding that, you know what? I am in, in submission to the authority under me. Because if I don't get in submission to the authority um, over me, right? Then what happens? It brings judgment on me. It brings judgment upon themselves. And see, that's where a believer stands out. That's where a believer stands out. And you know what? Even takes it a step further and prays for those in authority over them. Right? Even if they're treating you wrongly, man, I, man, this, oh, this grinds me, right? You ever had people who just grind you that maybe might be an authority over you? But you know what God says? God says, you know what? Pray for them. Pray for them. Just continue to be under authority, but pray for them. Pray that God would soften their heart. Pray that they would understand. Pray that they would get just an ability to kind of just, you know, get their heart to a point where it's soft. And they're not treating you wrongly anymore. Another word to look at is the word ordinance, which is the Greek word um, diatasso. There's that word again, tasso, right? But dia means, uh, the first part means through, okay? So it, 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 it signifies this channel of action. It's going through something. And then again, you have tasso, which means to purposely, purposely arrange in an orderly manner. So when you combine those together in this passage, right, it, is, it establishes a directive, okay? It establishes a directive and order through which God channels his authority, okay? So God, who is the creator of all authority, has these these parameters set up. And it channels down through his, his divine authority. But these channels are ones that we are, have to submit ourselves to. As, as hard as that is, we are to submit to them. This is what the Amplified says in that same passage in Romans chapter 13, verse 2. It says, Therefore, he who resists and sets himself up against the authorities resists what God has appointed and arranged in divine order. So God set this all up in divine order. He said, this is going to go like this. This is going to go like that. It's all put together. It's all connected together. And when we buck against the system, that means we're going against the system that God created. And God can't bless that. He just can't. He, 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 there's no way he can bless it. So God channels his authority this way to ensure that things are done. I'm sure you've heard the scripture before. But he does that so it ensures that things are done decently and in order in every area of our life. Think about that. When we don't submit to our authority, what happens? Chaos. At least chaos in our life, right? Because our authority is our authority. So then what happens? We get all worked up and we get all this, this stress and all this angst and all these things or whatever. And this chaos begins to happen. But again, 1 Corinthians 14, 40 says, let all things be done decently and in order. And that word order uh, means right down to the smallest detail. Okay? God's all about the details. And he's very much concerned about the fact that, you know what? If I am a God of order, then every single detail needs to be put into place correctly. And then what comes out of that order, those small details, is the authority. The authority comes from there. And this authority he established, let me give you another reason why he established this authority, 
is so that in 1 Timothy 2, it says this, so that us and every generation lead a quiet and peaceful, peace, peaceable life marked by uh, godliness and dignity. How many want to lead a quiet and peaceful life? I do, right? And that's just not on the outside, right? That's just not, it's also on the inside in this little thing called a brain, right? And in our bodies, if, we, if we're going to live peacefully and we're going to, you know, not have to stress and strife and get all worked up and whatever, then you know what? We should learn how then to submit to those who are in authority over us, as hard as that sounds, so that God can bless us. God can bless us. And also, you know, we know this. He's, he's also got these layers, different levels of authority that we face every day. That now, it's in your workbook on page 30. But, you know, we've got in the home, we've got in the workplace, we've got in the classroom, if you are a student, uh, in society, in the government, and in the church. And you can keep kind of going on and on and on. But God's layered authority without our, throughout our lives. Whatever that looks like for your life. And I'm not going to go through, like, oh, I just kind of gave you a brief thing, but you can read about it in, 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 in your workbook. But here's something we must understand as we move on, okay? Because we're going to keep moving on. Walking in submission to all authority brings blessing into your life. Let me say it again. Walking in submission to all authority brings blessing into our lives. And I know you got this in the back of your head going, yeah, but wait a minute, Pastor Scott. We'll get to it, I promise. But it's, it's a principle. It just is. It's a principle that God has laid down. This is what Proverbs 21, 21 says. It says, whoever pursues righteousness, okay? And I've got this little thing that says, or does what is right, okay? Obeys authority in the, in the face of opposition um, and culture. It says, whoever pursues righteousness and love finds what? Life prosperity, and honor. That speaks of God blessing, doesn't it? That speaks of God blessing you if you pursue righteousness, right? You obey of those in authority over you. Your, fight, your flesh might fight that, though. It might like rise up and say, oh, we ain't doing that today. But then you're going to have to go, uh-huh, we're doing that today. Right? I mean, how many, I got to talk to myself sometimes, right? Because I know my flesh is talking, but I got to talk back to it. But see, a lot of times we don't talk back to our flesh. We just let our flesh just kind of take over and we ride that kind of wave on the surfboard or whatever. Right? Well, we're not really a surfing community, but you know what I mean, right? But we just kind of go with, go with the wave of what the flesh wants. But see, sometimes we just got to stand back and say, flesh, stop. It really is important that we do that. But when we choose to obey God's order of authority, you and I will experience security, success, comfort, well-being. But again, if we undermine it, right, and rebel against it, then you know what? We clog his ability to flow that blessing into your life. We don't recognize that. 
But see, that, that's, a, that's a principle in God's word. When we rebel or undermine that authority, it clogs the blessing. I mean, you get it. I mean, if God, God's put on your heart to do something, or, or you read something in Scripture, and it says, do this, and you choose not to do it, guess what you just did? You just clogged it. You clogged his ability to, to, to pour his, his blessing through you. Simple as that. Right? As a parent, you have, when you have kids, you tell your kids, hey, you know what? We're, we're not going to Disneyland unless you do this. And the kid never does it. What happened? Hey, we ain't going to Disneyland. You blew it because you didn't pay attention to the authority over you. Is that true? It should be. A parent should say, oh, well, you know, hey, you're just a young kid. You're six. You didn't know any better. No, a parent should stick to their guns and say, no, this is what we laid down. This is what we want you to do. And if you do it, there is a reward or a blessing from it. But if you rebel against it, you undermine it, then you know what? I can't do that for you. I, it's just, just kind of almost this common sense type of thing. But see, we don't relate that sometimes to our walk with Jesus. We don't relate that sometimes to our walk with God. Or when the Holy Spirit speaks. We just think, well, either I'll listen or not. No big deal, whatever. But no, that if, if he's an authority over you, then you know what? We need to listen and obey. Right? Still love me? All right, I got some, some looks, some, I don't know. All right, but let's, so let's get in. Let's get into and unpack three truths about having a passion for authority, okay? And I hope that it will help us learn to recognize and respect authority, <coughs> excuse me, as, um, as a really important principle in our life, okay? Because God does want, want us to be blessed. So the very first one, I think this is a no-brainer for anybody. Everyone struggles with authority, Right? I was waiting for some amens right there. Okay? Everyone struggles with authority. Especially when you are not in charge. Right? If you're in charge, I got no problem with authority. Because I'm in charge. But when you're not in charge, a lot of times we struggle with those who are over us. Right? Who, who are, are, are telling this. But why, why, why is that? Well, I'm going to give you kind of three reasons why. And these aren't like actual points. We're just going to kind of walk through them really, really quick. But kind of three reasons there's possibility that we struggle with authority in our life. The very first one is we are all born rebels at heart. We are all born rebels at heart. Let me read Proverbs 22:15. It says, although rebellion, um, yeah, although rebellion is woven into a young man, okay, or a child's heart, Meaning, okay, so right there, we, we, we will naturally sin without even being taught how to do it. That's what it's talking about. <coughs> Sorry. Tough discipline, okay? Tough discipline can make him into a man. Meaning, you know what? If, you, if he is trained, if he is taught, then you know what? That, 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 um, that weed of rebellion can be pulled out, Okay? So submission is not a natural thing to when we were born. When we're born, we're not naturally in submission. I mean, go to any preschool. Mm, amen. Right? 
I mean, they're not, you don't have to sit there and teach them, okay, I want you to be rebellious. I want you to not listen to me. I want you to make sure that you just go ahead and hit that kid anytime you want to. I just want you to, well, don't even listen to me. No, don't. No, you don't have to teach that. Do you? No, it's just such a natural thing, right? Some of you who have done preschools, man, they're like, yeah, I hear you. But see, it, it's born into every single one of us. It, 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 it's one of those things that we're just hardwired for it. But see, that's where, I'm going to talk to parents first. That's where as you as parents need to begin to pluck that thing out. To, to, to have structures, have disciplines, have requirements of your kids. When rebellion shows up, they'll just go, oh, look, it is, and little Jimmy's so funny. Oh, he's so funny. Look at him as he's, you know, doing something he's not supposed to. No. That's rebellion. They're acting it out in front of you, and you're just like, oh, how cute. No. You should, as a parent, step up to the plate and be a parent. Okay? Now, what about us, some of us who didn't have that? We grew up, man, it didn't really matter. Our parents didn't really give us that structure in our life. Well, then ask the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, where are areas in, in my life that are rebellious? I have a rebellious side to me. What are those areas? And help me to begin to rip them out. Show it to me. Because, see, we can't just say, well, I'm just a product of how I grew up. Oh, gag. Right? You're not a product of how you grew up. Yeah. Were there circumstances? Were there situations? Yes, yes, yes. I agree with that. And I will walk down every road with you on that. I get it. But you know what? Every single one of us have a decision to make that I don't have to be that product. I don't have to live how I grew up. I can change. Because that's, right. that's how God wired you. He wired you that way. And so if you're wired that way, it's time that us to start plugging into the wiring and do help have the Holy Spirit help rewire us. <laughs> but see, we have to understand that's what we've got to do. We've got to get to this point where we, we, we ask the Holy Spirit to begin ripping it out. The second part is, you know what? God's intent for authority is misunderstood. A lot of times we, we don't understand what God's intent is for this whole authority thing that he created. Because, you know, we look at it sometimes as just a suppressor. The man's got me down. He's just, he just, ugh, he's got me down. But see, God intended authority for a reason, right? God intended authority to be a covering, a connector, a conduit through which God could channel, listen, his mercy and grace to those who submit to his authority. Right? And the way he designed it. And the structure of authority. If we do that, then you know what? It's meant to be a covering for our life. Like we talked about, a peaceable life. If we connect and we say, okay, God, even though, man, I might not agree with that authority, I might not have a great relationship with that authority, but I'm still going to submit to that authority, God says, then I can move in and I can bless you even if you're being treated wrongly. Because it's about the heart, right? And he understands that. And he says, let's go. Let's do it. But see, what happens, man, oh, we want to rebel so hard against it. We want to just, no, 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 this, this isn't right. 
But we've got to humbly submit to God's authority in our life. Also, um, his authority, this authority God designed was never established to be a means of forcing people into submission. It's always been about free will. Okay? Where, man, no, you need to submit, you need to submit, you need to submit. No, it's about the fact that, you know what? I've been given free will, and because I have been given free will by God, and I love God with all my heart, I'm going to submit to those who are in authority over me. As hard as it sometimes is. Like I said, I, 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 God bless the man that I served in California. But he was one of those that sometimes you're like, is that borderline abuse? Or what? But I still submitted. And I believe to this day God has honored that. See, that, that's where you got to understand That's where it's like, okay, I need to pray for this gentleman. I need to pray for those who are in authority over me. And and another thing about it too, it's not a system of measurement that assumes that a position equals maturity. Right? Sometimes we think that. Well, they're they're in leadership or they're in authority. Therefore, they must be really mature. And then you go, no, they're not. Right? But it's see, we have to understand though, this is just some misunderstandings that we've got here. And I'll give you a little, give you a little more in that in just a minute. But see, the thing is, is that, you know, just because one is in um, authority doesn't mean they're more important than those, than those who are under them. Right? I'm not more important than you guys. Yeah, I've been given a calling by God to come and be a pastor to you. Right? but I'm not more important than you. I'm not. And I hope I never get my head blown up enough to where I feel that way. Because I, I, I would be useless. To me, that's what my heart says. And so we have to understand that, you know what? Leaders are not more valuable than followers. Just not. The third thing is, is while God's authority is good, some people in authority are bad. Now I can get an amen on that, right? Amen. Right, you're probably running down the list right now. Right? But authority is God's plan, but, right, not everyone in authority was placed there by God. We've got to understand that. Okay? God set up authority, but not everybody was placed there by God. Again, I'm saying right now you're probably like running through the list. Okay? Because some are leaders by opportunity. Essentially, they were at the right place at the right time. Some are leaders not, uh, by, by necessity. No one else wanted to do it, so you're the leader. Right? And some are leaders because of who they are or who they know. Right? You ever been in those scenarios? Yeah. But that doesn't mean that they're mature. That doesn't mean that they're perfect. Right? They may lack maturity, character, education, or skill to be a good leader. And let's take it one more step. This could even be worse. That person could be broken and wounded. But do we give grace to those people? Because we don't know, we don't know too much about them. Because they, they could be broken inside. 
They could be wounded inside in such a way, so that's why they act out the way they do as a leader. I have authority now, but man, you know what? I've been hurt so much in the past. I'm going to make sure everyone else hurts. But, but do we still submit and say, you know what? This is tough to serve under this person or work under this person or whatever it is. But I know this is where I need to be. And I'm going to not start praying for them. I told you this is kind of a touchy subject, a hard subject. But do we give them grace? Right? And, and let me tell you this too, okay? Um, biblical submission is not a blind, unquestioned obedience to everything the leader in authority says. Let me read that again. Biblical submission is not blind, unquestioned obedience to everything the leader in authority says. Okay? Because here's my reasoning. Because if it violates God's word, then it's never okay. Resist away. Right? If it violates God's word, if your leader says, hey, I want you to go and do this, and you know that it violates God's word, then you know what? You stand up and say, no, I will not do that. No matter what, what the cost is. But if it's something simple, like for an example, the church I served at in California, our pastor comes in and says, you know what? There's too much trash on the exit way of the freeway, and I want you and you to go pick up that trash. Now, was he asking me to violate God's word? Nope. So what do we do? We got in our van, the church van, got our little trash picker uppers and our bags, and me and this other pastor named Yoel, we went and we picked up trash on the interstate coming down the ramp because our pastor did not like trash on the interstate. I mean, you're still talking about a mile away. But see, that's, that's, that's where he was. But see, those, those are the things I'm talking about. You have to look at it and you have to be able to judge. Before you resist, make sure that it, it is not against, if it's against God's word, then yeah, go ahead. But, but, but here's, the, here's the challenge. If it's not against God's word, make sure that it's just not against your, your preference. Well, I'm not going to obey because I just don't like that. I'm just not going to do it. I think you're wrong. I think you're a lousy leader, right? What, whatever, but you, you get what I'm talking about? We have to judge it. And we go, okay, one, it's not against God's word. Okay. Because really, I didn't want to go and pick up trash on the, on the exit of the freeway. But see, that would have been my preference. But I recognize, you know what? I, I'm serving this man of God. As crazy as it sounds, I'm serving him. So I'm going to go, and this other guy, and we're going to go pick up. Man, we picked up a lot of trash that day. And every time I go back to California and I go by, I'm always looking and going, man, there's still trash there, or whatever. That's just, you know, one of those weird things for me. But, but, it, but it's us understanding. But see, it's never okay if it violates God's word, okay? Like I said, resist away. And then also that every, um, every authority has boundaries, like spiritual authority covers spiritual matters, and is not a, in, intended to control practical decisions, okay? 
Like, you know, like life-changing things or life things when it comes to like changing jobs, all right, or who you should marry or, you know, financial purchases. Spiritual leaders may highlight spiritual principles, right? We may, um, you know, extend cautionary or directional advice or encouragement, but it should never be to manipulate a particular outcome, right? So if you come for counseling, don't expect me to manipulate you for an outcome. I'll give you the best advice I can. I'll try to give you the best scriptural advice I can. But I'm not into, and I shouldn't be, and if I ever do, then you call me on the carpet for it. But I am not into the fact that I am going to be one who's going to try to manipulate you to do something that really is not in my authority. Okay? Because when I try to do that, then now all of a sudden I have crossed the line. Any pastor who does that has crossed the line. And it's really unhealthy for both. So what I would say then is what I would need to do as a spiritual authority is to give you, present you what I know, the best of my ability, and then encourage you and sit with you and pray with you and ask the Holy Spirit to give you the wisdom to make whatever choice, decision that you need. So those are some of the reasons why we struggle. Let me go a little point number two. We did just point number one. Now point number two. A passion for authority begins with submitting to Jesus' lordship. Okay? So we've kind of given you this kind of background, the fact of why we don't really like to submit and da-da-da-da-da. But now I'm going to say, if you really want to understand a passion for authority, then the second part is really crucial. Okay? A passion for authority begins with submitting to Jesus' lordship. Romans chapter 10 verse 9 says, If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Okay? Now, you might not think this, but God's into titles. God's into titles. See, and and I'll I'll get to my point right here, but just a side note. When When you call me Pastor Scott... Okay, what you're doing is you're, you're, you're giving me a title that I have some spiritual authority in your life, in a sense. Okay? God's into titles. I, you know, you can call me Scott. I don't know, whatever. I'm not really into like, hey, it's got to be this. But see, when you do that, just understand, you're, you're saying, yeah, this, this gentleman, this guy right here has spiritual weight in my life. Okay? But God's into titles, right? And it's not for the purpose of like, you know, for me to, to kind of pat myself on the back or have pride or feel like, you know, I, I've got this prestige, right? But instead, it's to um, initiate and calibrate the flow of authority and submission's intended flow of blessing you, okay? So th- this, is, this is something that, that many Christians say today, right? They say this, I believe that Jesus was raised from the dead and I asked him to be my savior, Heard that before, right? And that's wonderful, right? But what happens is we we tend to overlook one of the most important parts of the verse, especially when it says, or or tells us to acknowledge Jesus's lordship. Acknowledge Jesus's lordship is really essential to becoming born again, right? Right? 
The Greek word for Lord is kurisos, okay, which basically this describes one who is a supreme master. And it basically inherently carries with it this idea of submission. Therefore, when a person says, Jesus is Lord, he is saying, listen, Jesus, you have become the supreme master of my life. You're the one with absolute authority. From this moment forward, I'm in complete submission to you. And I give you permission to define and decide my life. But here's the problem. So many don't truly submit to him in that way, in that manner. Yeah, I got fire insurance. I know that. But man, when it comes to living our life, oftentimes, man, we don't really submit to that lordship in our life. Yeah, I believe that Jesus is real. I believe that he died on the cross for me. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay? And, and, and that's going to get you to heaven. But, but the, the, the real test of your Christianity is how much you allow him to be the authority in your life. In every detail. In every detail. Not just in some things that suit me, that make me feel okay, but in everything. Right? And we might fall short in some of those areas, but you know what? That doesn't mean you stop. You just say, okay, yeah, I, I got to work on that. I got to pay attention to that. I got to kind of put that more into my, you know, my, my life and, and figure that out. That's why he's giving you the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit's there to help you and, and to remind you and to point it out to you and say, hey, you're, you're, you're off a little bit. You need to get back into submission. You know, and, and, and then you have this, that I, Jesus asked this question in Luke 6. He says this, so why do you keep calling me Lord, Lord, when you don't do what I say? I mean, I think that's a legit question, right? One where we really need to check our hearts. I could say, Lord, I could come in here, worship, and then, you know, I can walk out of here and just live my life any way I want. That's what he's talking about. Why do you keep saying that? When you ain't letting me be Lord, the supreme master over your life, the one who's helping you, guide you, direct you, putting you into things, right? Because take it a step further, because Jesus goes on in Matthew 7, he says this, not everyone who calls out to me. What does that mean, not everyone? Not everyone, right? Okay, just want to make sure we got that right. Not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, only those who actually do the will of my Father, Right? Submitting to his authority, right? In heaven will enter. See that? Man, that's just so important. So if he is truly Lord, then Jesus doesn't have to ask for your permission to order your life. But see, we tell him, hey, take a number. Just take a number, Jesus. I'll get back to you. Right? 
When he's like, no, 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 no. I want to be supreme master over your life. And I'm not saying, you know, then you become, you know, this person who lives up in the mountains and you, you fortify a wall around and you're like, nobody come because I'm waiting. You know, whatever. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is the fact that, you know, you, you begin to loosen yourself up to the point of like, hey, it's all yours. Jesus, it's all yours. Whatever, whatever it is you want, whatever it is you need, it is all yours. Because you know what? We can't, just because we don't like the change that he wants us to change in, we shouldn't, we shouldn't rebuke that. We shouldn't say, no, I, I can't change. Like I said before, this is how I grew up. This is the way it always is. No, you can change. But he has, that has to be the title. He has, that's got to be the title that we give him in our life. Not just the fact that we got saved, but the fact that Jesus is Lord. So we have to check our heart. And make any change that's necessary, big or small, right? Any change that's necessary, big or small, to submit to his lordship and give him authority. The very last point here is submitting to God's authority is central to living an orderly life on every level. That's a long one. Submitting to God's authority is central to living an orderly life on every level. Now, this really is, you're not going to find this in your workbook because I kind of took a liberty and kind of jumped a little bit. But I just felt like it was important to maybe translate this because, man, I felt like this is what God was doing in my heart concerning this thought. Okay? But Jesus is a great example of an orderly life. Wouldn't you say? Yeah. Now we're not talking about, you know, he, he's got a, you know, his calendar all set up or, you know, he's got a clean house or he's got a closet that's got, you know, his clothes color coordinated, you know, all the reds here, all the blues here, all the whites here. I'm not talking about that. That's, that's living in order. That's like military order, right? Okay. But what I'm talking about, Jesus was submitted to and obeyed his father. Who was the authority over his life? Even Jesus had an authority over his life. And, he, and we are supposed to emulate Jesus. We are supposed to more and more come become like Jesus. So if Jesus had an authority over his life, doesn't that mean we should have, a, have people in authority over us? It does. Right? Let me, let me give you a couple of examples. John chapter 6, verse 38 says, This is Jesus. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me me. John 8, 29 says, for I always do those things that please him. Notice Jesus didn't say that please me, right? It's, I always do the things that please him. Man, what a, what a radical thought. If we became believers, right? We became people who said, man, you know what? I'm just going to do the things that please him all the time. Things that please Jesus, the things that please God. I'm just going to do those things. John 12, 49 says, For I have not spoken on my own authority, but the Father who sent me gave me a command what I should say and what I should speak. So I believe that these few scriptures, there's more in the Bible, right? But these, these scriptures show that the Father became the represent, representation of authority in Jesus' life. But even better, 
Right? And Jesus became the representative of submission to God in his life. You remember he was in the Garden of Gethsemane? He saw, Father, if it would be your will, take this cup for me. But not my will, according to your will, right? Man, how often <laughs> do we just say, Father, take this cup away from me, and, and I'm, I, I'm, I'm just going to, I'm, I'm moving on. I don't care what you think. I don't want any part of it. But God's like, no, 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 no. That, that's something I'm working inside of you. So that inside of you, man, you, those, those things would begin to be plucked out of you. All those weeds, all those, those stuff. You know, Jesus, he, he, man, even, even Jesus was like, hey, man, I, I, I just, I'm going to wash people's feet. Ew, gross. Who do you think told him to do that? His father. And so what did he do? He washed people's feet. And so because I believe that Jesus was a representative of submission, of God's authority in his life, Jesus was able to bring order to chaos. Now this is the point I want to get across. Jesus was able to bring order to chaos wherever he went because he was in submission to his father and his authority. He did what his father said to do. I mean, look at the Gospels, right? Jesus would walk into a chaotic situation and man, he brought order to it. Why? Because he was in submission to the Father. He was even in submission to the Holy Spirit. I mean, who brought, who brought order to chaotic waters in the storm? Jesus, right? I mean, we relate that to our situations. Ah, the storms of life, they come, but Jesus brings order to the chaos. You can look that up in Matthew chapter 4, verse 39. But how did he do it? He lived it because he submitted to the Father's authority, which then releases, released God's authority into his life. Because I'm submitted to my authority, and God turned around and said, okay, use that authority and bring order to chaos. I mean, you think about that story too. You know, when even the disciple says, man, even the winds and the sea obey this guy. But where did it start? The authority of God the Father. And because Jesus was submitted to the Father, that authority came through Jesus and spoke peace to the situation. Right? Spoke peace to the situation. But here, here's the key I want you to get. I believe the same is true for you and I. When we submit to authority, when we submit to the authority of Jesus, we submit to the authority of the Father, we submit to the authority of the Holy Spirit, then we as believers can have that authority channeled through us to bring order to chaos. In our life, yeah, in our life, because we're submitted, but then also in the lives of other people. That, that's us being used. Man, wouldn't that be amazing? 
Not you, it's him. But it's him because you are submitted fully to him, the lordship of Jesus. So we can bring order to chaos if we're submitted to him in every detail, in every way. Isaiah 26.3 says this, my last scripture. says, you will keep him in perfect peace. Okay, amongst the chaos. How many of you have ever had chaos in your life? All of us, right? But, but, but look at the scripture. It says, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you or he is submitted to God's authority. Man, when I'm submitted to God's authority, I can walk into any situation knowing that my God's going to take care of it. My God's going to be a part of it. My God's going to do this. I can walk into any situation and say, you know what? Yeah, I, you know what? I'm feeling this, but man, you know what? I know that God is going to take care. He's going to heal my body. He, he's promised it because I'm in full submission to the authority that's over me. Right? I mean, even the Bible says greater works will we do than what Jesus did. What? Well, how can that happen? Because we're in a we're in submission to the authority over us. See how it's really simple, but man, it's one of those ones that kind of rub us a little bit. Because we're like, man, that's really tough. You mean I gotta do it? Really? Oh. But see, God wants, God wants us to do that. Okay? So developing, it's my last thought, developing a passion for authority, first and foremost, is an act of faith. It's an act of faith to submit yourself fully to whatever this, this, this word tells you, whatever the Holy Spirit is speaking to your life, whatever he's, he's sharing. It's an act of faith. Right? It's an act in God, the one who flows and initiates this authority and, and this blessing that flows from it. So submit, submit, right? Submit your heart in humility and you, and you will experience God's established channel of flow of blessing in your life. And you know what? Those areas that are in chaos, you'll see. They'll start working with you. And all of a sudden, they start falling into order. They're no longer chaotic anymore. Because the Spirit of God is, is speaking and you're submitted to His authority. I mean, He might say, just tweak this one thing. He's done that to me. Pastor God, just tweak this. Really? I mean, it's like one of those, you know, McFly, whatever. And so I tweak it. And I experience his presence. I experience his blessing. But see, that's being submitted to his will. That's being submitted to his authority. And so all of that to say, we have to have a passion for authority. To live under authority. To be submitted to his authority. However that plays out. But see, that's a key ingredient in our life if we're going to be mature Christians. Bow your heads for me. Let's, let's end this. Holy Spirit, <laughs> I pray that you 
would continue to speak to each one of our hearts concerning this area of having a passion for authority and, and being submitted to that authority. That is over us. I know that if we take care of this one area, if we take care of the fact that we are truly submitted to you, God, truly submitted to Jesus, truly submitted to the Holy Spirit, then we'll be truly submitted to all other areas of authority. And so work in our hearts this week, Holy Spirit. Work in us to the point of understanding this and then making the decisions or, or, or checking our heart if there's rebellion in there, checking it to the, the fact that where we can begin to, to set our mind on submission to the authority of who Christ is in our life. Work in us, speak to us, reveal that truth to us. And as we do, I thank you, Lord, that you would begin to bring order into our chaos. Whatever situations that are chaotic in our life right now or in our family's life, whatever those things are, let us be, be one who brings order just like Jesus did because we're in submission to you. And so I thank you for just um, drilling this into our hearts today. Drilling this into our hearts today. So that we may have a greater understanding, a greater ability to walk in submission to you and experience all that you have for us. We love you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for more messages. If you like what you're hearing, share it with your friends. For more content from Lakeshore and information on services, check us out at lakeshorecf.com.